0: It's that time of the week. Opening up the Peacock and Williamson mailbag. Questions on Justin Herbert: Is he a choke artist for the Chargers? And uh, officiating fines, flags. We got to figure some of this out in the NFL going forward. Scoring defenses are our defensive scoring is up. Offensive scoring is down. Coming up on Thursday. <laughs> Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay. Uh, this is for those folks that like offensive football uh, and offensive players, Matt. I think we're gonna talk a lot about the defensive side of the ball today and and why. The defenses are ahead of offenses. And uh, we saw a lot of defense played on Monday Night Football when the Cowboys beat the Los Angeles Chargers. And we are getting questions about the Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert. And it's kind of like deja vu all over again for the Chargers year after year. They're good, not great, not breaking through the threshold that they need to. And uh, the, a lot of the blame, as with any time any team does anything, the, the credit and the blame goes to head coach goes to quarterback. And we're seeing that right now with the Los Angeles chargers. And it seems to be more on Herbert this week than, uh, than head coach Staley because of probably the late interception. And mm-hmm. so uh, what do you think is, is Justin Herbert, a choker? I want to go to our question asker here in the mailbag, by the way, at BDP at Williamson NFL, or drop your questions in the YouTube comments. And uh, the question here is, from uh, from Steelers burner, uh, can we can we start to ask the question: Is Herbert a choker? Staley's D held Dallas to twenty more weapons. New coordinator. No one mentions how his last touchdown versus Minnesota was straight off the hands of a DB. Uh, room for excuses is shrinking.
1: I hear you. Uh, I mean, I do. Uh, I'm very, very much a Herbert believer, supporter without question. However, I mean, Tua went ahead of him. He didn't. He wasn't the second pick in the draft, mainly because the way Oregon used him was strange. But also, there were personality questions. Not that he's not a good person. I mean, everybody seems to love him. We're now seeing him on Subway commercials and things like that. But he's an admitted, boring, introvert, not outgoing, kind of beats to his own drummer, not a rah-rah, grab you by the face, mask Dan Marino type leader. So I could see people saying, is he tough enough to you know pull it out in the end and you know get me that that big win when I need it most? Well, toughness doesn't worry me in the slightest, at least physical toughness. He's playing with a broken finger as we speak. Last year, he played with what a punctured lung, or was that two years ago? Or no, they punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. I'm sorry, that was his like a year to get
0: him to play yeah, in the first place. Just got yeah. him in, yeah, uh, but it was I, the rib last year, yeah,
1: yes, yes. I there was something in the torso, I couldn't remember, but he had like two or three major injuries he played through. But I guess if there's any question about them, they're certainly not physical or ability to throw the football. Can you come through when it matters most? But you mentioned, you know, this has been going on with this organization for a while. I've been following football since I, I was born in 1973, and I've been following football since I was like six or seven. And Dan Fouts was my all-time favorite, non-favorite Steeler, And Fouts, River, Herbert, even Breeze, like this organization doesn't support their quarterbacks particularly well in the last four decades.
0: It's amazing because there's amazing. so many franchises in the NFL, like the Chicago bears would have killed to have any one of those guys Ugh. as their quarterback. Uh, and the chargers keep finding quarterbacks, but then can't supplement that into titles. Yeah.
1: So along those lines, Mike Sando did a study a couple of weeks ago or a couple of, I think it was in the offseason. Uh, of all like the great quarterbacks in recent memory by EPA, who has gotten the most and least help from defense and special teams. Well, Brady got the most rivers got the least, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and it sure feels like Herbert's going down that river's path a little bit too.
0: And of course, Dave, our, uh, a resident Miami dolphins fan checking in, he says, are you willing to settle our bet yet? At least then I'll stop bothering you each week. That Tua is better than Justin Herbert. What do you think you ready for that one? No,
1: keep bothering us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> concessions yet on that one. Tua, Tua doing a great job dropping some dimes down there in Miami, though. I like it. it it's certainly closer than it looked uh, in previous seasons. Uh, drop Justin Herbert in Miami, though. I would love to see that.
1: That would be fun. So Tua is having the better year. Yes. Yeah. However, if you ask both GMs, do you want to swap quarterbacks? Miami would say yes, and the Chargers would say no.
0: Yeah, or if you had a league-wide draft, uh, Herbert would still go ahead of Tua.
1: Who Herbert be like the third or fourth pick overall? But it's closing the gap. Let's let's keep seeing it.
0: Like, you know, at, at some point we might say, you know what? He doesn't have it. He's not a killer, right? And and that's that's part of being a great NFL quarterback. Like if you're whatever, a nerd, I mean, look at the Mannings. They're the biggest Right, right. Around, right? It's like rah-rah, whatever, guys. Uh being prepared, being a stone cold killer, uh, you know, on the field is what that is what all great quarterbacks have. Does he does he not have that? Is he not a grinder maybe in a way that top quarterbacks are maybe, but it's that's that kind of is remained to be seen for me, but from a, uh, from a just an ability standpoint um, from a, from really everything you need in a quarterback, it's that's, and it's the hardest part. How do you know what, sure. uh, you know, what that makeup is and you could be smart and physically tough and still not be a killer out on the field and, and um in, you know, that ultra competitiveness. So uh, it's, it's something to put a pin in and think about. And I understand the question. Is he a choker? I, I don't think. Strong I, word. Yeah. I, I think it's the wrong way to put it anyway.
1: Yeah. But I mean, if I guess it's my biggest concern, is he a killer? I guess is yes. That's my only concern. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah my
0: yeah. question is, is he not, not is he a choke artist? Is he a killer? That would be mm-hmm. the, yeah, it, does um, he have a
1: Real quick, right. I was veer this to a different, slightly different path, real quick. So Steelers play the Rams this week. So I've been asked a million times already, you know, what do you think of Stafford? Where is he at in the pecking order? So it didn't really dawn on me until being asked that on Monday. I think Stafford's the best quarterback right now in the NFC. But that's not really where I'm going with this. But I want people to think about that. And I'm sure people are like Hurt, Stack. I mean, those guys aren't having good years. Anyway, we had this conversation before in the AFC, the young incredible crop of young quarterbacks i love asking people do you think josh allen will ever win a super bowl oh yeah sure you think two is ever going to win a super bowl oh yeah sure think joe burrow lamar jackson deshaun watson trevor lawrence justin herbert the answer is going to be no to most of them right
0: like how how can Mahomes all- still exist? Back- how can all those quarterbacks win Super Bowls when it's going to be, you know, when Mahomes and Brock Purdy are going to win them all? You know what
1: I mean? Well, sure.
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, Gary Goff might be having the best year in the NFC, I would I would argue.
1: Best year and best player isn't always necessarily the same thing yeah. to me. Well, but you're right. I mean, Purdy and Goff might be having the best year.
0: Yeah, and Stafford. I think the thing with Stafford is he's just still Stafford. Exactly. For For the most part.
1: Yeah. where I thought he was a top 10 guy coming in. If anything, he went up the ranks and... Hertz and Dak went down the ranks.
0: Uh, real quick, uh, one more on the Chargers here. We got a question about Joey Bosa. Emilio asks, is Joey Bosa done? He is injured, but even when he's not and he's been on the field, he hasn't done much this year.
1: I don't have much to add to that, but I did want to bring this tweet up because I think he's kind of gotten a pass in the last couple of years and he's making a lot of money now too. I mean, yeah. they extended them. I was going
0: to go to the contract. Yeah, he, he won't finish that contract if, if things go this keep going this direction.
1: He needs to turn this season around now because he's not a force out there, and he isn't out there much. I mean, side note, his brother hasn't impressed me this year as much either. By the way,
0: uh, box score no, but he's he's putting in work. Okay. Yeah, okay. The, the stack numbers aren't huge for for Nick Bosa right now. Uh, his PFF grade is is at the top of the league. He's he, he's putting in work. He gets a lot of double teams. I think Miles sure, Garrett sure, and uh, and Nick Bosa get the, the most double teams in the entire league right mm-hmm. now. Uh, they both yeah, played okay. each other last week is why I saw that stat. And no, he's he's putting in work. Just just not uh, a big sack total right now. OK, OK. And, and that's I'm kind of that. and that's yeah. Joey Bosa. Like Joey Bosa is not a 20 sack a year guy, but he's no. stopped, he set the uh, uh, some players. You do have to watch them every snap to really appreciate what they're mm-hmm. doing.
1: And I do think Joey, what I've seen, and I watched that, you know, every snap of last game, hasn't been the impact player that he used to be or is built to be.
0: That's what happens. So you get injuries, you're not on the field, you're not producing, Mm -hmm. and then the injuries sap some of that juice that you have. So when you are on the field, you're not quite the dynamic player you once were. I think that's what we're seeing with Joey Bosa. Yeah, I think so too. Not great type of player is maybe where he's just going to be because of the injuries.
1: And I'm not ready to say he's done, put a fork in him, but I mean, he might turn this thing around. But he
0: might have to get cut and end up on another roster and have Mm -hmm. a part two of his career, too.
1: I always talk about their salary cap's a nightmare next year. So maybe he's one of the ones that the axe falls on.
0: Uh, Scoring is down to the NFL, especially in week six. A lot of top defenses who are our favorite defenses. Why is scoring down? We're going to talk about officiating flags, fines, next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're uh, scouting the waiver wire or you're prepping for those daily fantasy drafts, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed fits on your rosters. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And how about for your DFS rosters, Drake London, starting to show why the Falcons drafted him first among the many talented wide receivers in the 2022 class. Uh, London just found a groove a little bit in that offense with Desmond Ritter. The past two weeks, he's caught 15 of his 21 targets for 203 yards. which draws another good spot in week seven against the Buccaneers who struggled to contain the number one wide receivers. They've gone up against this season and uh, could keep bringing that production. Uh, you got, Titans, Vikings, Cardinals coming up before Week Eleven. So uh, Week Eleven buy there for Drake London in the in the Falcons. So maybe a trade target as well in your fantasy leagues. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly at all times with eBay motors. We're talking brake kits, led headlights, roof rack bumpers, whatever your baby needs. My baby needed a fender flare. I ran over a car, cone on the freeway, knocked that fender flare off. I was able to find the exact part I needed, had a green check. So I knew it was going to fit, got it home, slapped it on, could not have been easier. Thanks to eBay motor and eBay motors guaranteed fit. So it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Just find that green check every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, Matt, we are uh, going to go to the, uh, the, the officiating part of this podcast. And uh, Jared says, appreciate the comment on fines versus flags and officiating crew consistency. Can we agree that fines should be a percentage of salary instead of a flat fee? is a whole lot different for someone making the league minimum versus an elite veteran and easy for vets to ignore. Uh, And so we kind of had the idea and we had multiple questions about officiating, how to fix it. We had an idea about, yeah, maybe some of these flags need to stay in the ref's pockets and then they review them later and, and fines are sent out instead for some of these things that helps game flow and it helps bad calls that could be game changing because the worst calls, Matt, to me are the ones that are, the biggest calls the 15 yarders the pass interferences that just shouldn't be called and those are huge game changing calls
1: yeah I, I feel like we talk about this every year because it gets a little annoying you know your niner brown game was a great example the monday nighter this week was a great example of just too many flags i mean i'm not sure how to you know to solve that we got, we got a two similar questions about you know scoring being down Basically asking in a roundabout way, should they be more lenient on holds and illegal men downfield? I think that might kill two birds. Um, I think in general, there are a couple referee crews that think they're a little more important than they are. You know, the people are coming to see them, you know, and maybe maybe they should get a little talking to. I don't know which ones they are, but you can figure it out.
0: uh, Black and striped black and white striped uh, jerseys in the crowd in most stadiums
1: <laughs> exactly exactly so i do think they tend to a couple of crews i mean and all this information's out there i want to start studying it more to be honest with you are notorious and you should just look at it that way for bets you know who you're picking things like that because it's influencing games an awful lot right now
0: uh, i want to go a little bit deeper on that it was um m napier who says what about getting rid of ineligible man downfield as a penalty would help the offense with rpos and get rid of a few stoppages. Uh, Joey Bagadona says, with scoring being so low this year and offenses being so bad, is it a matter of time before they legalize offensive holding? So, so what would those suggestions even look like, especially the uh, ineligible man downfield penalty kind of going away?
1: See, I think that's just chaos. You're just going to have everybody, like, running routes. and you know, I mean, like, you can't it just like, have 10 guys trucking downfield. It
0: would do, it'd be like a moving screen down the field, and it would be right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it, you, it could you be mad. Yeah. And they already have a little leeway. You'll see it all the time. And you'll yeah. get screenshots every week. Oh, this sh- this place should have been called back. Look at this guy was one yard past the five yard limit down the field. Right. Uh, and it's like, yeah, they're, they're going to let him play a little bit already on that. Um, I,
1: Which I'm cool, I'm cool with. I mean, the, they've loosened up on that. That was what, yeah. two years ago they were really tight on. It's like, oh my gosh, every screen was an illegal man downfield. Every <laughs> RPO <laughs> yeah. and all the linemen are like, how do you just want me to know? I can't see anything. You know, so I think loosening that up and they have done some of it is great. And I think we did see the the league without holding. The COVID year, they didn't call holding at all. I mean, there was no one in the stands. I think they were worried about losing some viewership. They wanted scoring to be up, and it set records for scoring. Scoring's been down every year since. And I watched time and time again where they just, you know, didn't throw the flags for holding. Fine. You know, I mean, it, it worked, but I don't love it.
0: And holding is for sure legal. It just depends where your hands are. Mm-hmm. like is it for if we're talking offensive line versus defense line you can hold them all day long if your hands are inside your hands are outside they're trying to spin out turn the corner you see the jersey tug on the outside then it's not legal so like every offensive lineman they're just taught to grab that thing inside right and and, mm. and if you got them controlled you can do anything you want with them from the inside it's kind of weird how it's like okay it's holding is actually legal but then at this point it's not it gets again, it gets hard to officiate. And that's that's sort of what I always come back to with any of the officiating. in any of the officiating the they should be trying their best to find ways that certain like difference game changing calls, especially mistaken ones aren't happening. And that just means less mm-hmm. total flags. I don't think it means let things go. I just think they could do it better with the technology that we have more people in a, in a booth instead of on the field, making some of these calls uh, you know how they have spotters that take players out of games because they think they might be concussed and have to go through yeah, concussion yeah. protocol. They should do that for the illegal, the the helmet to helmets hits, you know, it's like um, unless it's so obvious, you don't throw that flag and they can stop the game at any moment from the booth and they can get three replays before you even uh, before you even get out of the next huddle, right, and and stop the game, and and they can stop it from upstairs. And I think there'd be fewer stoppages that way, and not more actually. And um and 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 penalties could, especially those types of penalties that are happening so fast that it's impossible for these refs to officially officiate really well on the field.
1: I agree with everything you said, and the other things I wanted to mention were. It's easy to kill the refs. I mean, they're always going to be targets. No one's going to be like, boy, that was a great, great game officiating there, sir. You know, I mean, that never happens, but I will say they're really, really good on, was that a touchdown or not? Was his feet in bounds? Was that a catch? Is it spotting the ball? Like they've gotten to be almost perfect on those type of things where it wasn't really long ago track. where they screwed it up. Yeah.
0: And again, it's like it's it's inches too. So they might be mm-hmm. a little bit wrong spotting and they're close. But if tennis can have this computer generated image of exactly where the ball hit the line, how can they not have that with first downs and stuff in the NFL yet? Yeah. Balls and technology. So your technology's got to play a part in it at some point. Um, and we're we're gonna start seeing it in baseball as well because sometimes it's just egregious like you can't because it changes the rules of the game like there's a strike zone and if you start calling it with when it's not a strike zone then what are you doing you're not playing baseball anymore
1: yeah yeah i mean of course we all grew up this umpire you know, calls a lot of balls this guy with a yeah. lot of strikes
0: yeah, this guy, but can, it is pretty Extend it to the outside you know you can throw it a little bit outside and he'll call that outside strike yeah. and this guy likes to call him high so yeah, um, and, and I, I like that part of the game, too. You don't necessarily want to take that out completely because there's gamesmanship involved, and I think there mm-hmm. is with, with certain refs, too, but just the big ones where you complete a pass downfield and they throw a flag, and it's like it wasn't like – you're taking away the most exciting play that happened in an entire game. You can't yeah, do that, that, that to crap. the fans and the sport. It's just, it makes it a worse sport.
1: Real quick on the fines. We kind of ignored that part of the question. Yes. Like, I, ex- I understand what this tweeter Xer is asking, you know, like – if we do the same thing, it hurts my wallet a lot more. If I just got called up off the practice squad and maybe I have four game checks all year, and one of them evaporates.
0: Yeah, you just, you didn't get paid. For, you you played for free. Yeah, you then. played
1: for free. Yeah, and you may have five games in your career, and one of them was on the house. However, there's another side to this too, and I I know no one's crying for the rich guys, but I'm trying to think: is is Nick Bosa the highest paid defensive player? If not, he's right there. Whatever. I mean, he's you know right at the top. That doesn't mean his fine for the same thing should be 1.6 million dollars. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It definitely <laughs> I mean like it, yeah, it's the same percentage of your salary, but that doesn't mean I should write you a check for 2 mil on Tuesday if, just yeah, because but, I hit the quarterback in the head.
0: And maybe it should come out of a different it should come it shouldn't come from like a, um, a player pool or anything either. It should come from the team because the team, it sh- the onus should be on the team to coach the player to not do that thing that you're getting fined for. So it should be in some way, uh, specifically. But yeah, the guy who uh, you, you can't have a guy not get a game check in a given right. week. That's, I mean, right. that seems like it shouldn't even be legal, period. Like, yeah. I feel like there's like lawyers that should be involved at that point.
1: But it actually happens. I mean, if the cheapest yeah, guy in the field does the worst thing you can do, and he probably doesn't get paid that day. But again, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean Bosa should pay the same percentage.
0: Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> and give the league a million dollars or you
0: know. I don't know. There may there may be no answer here. Uh but maybe And know by the you- way,
1: folks, the BOSAs of the world might hand that dude. Here, here's five hundred bucks. Here's a girl. right, you, yeah. You yeah, know, there's some of that happens. There's a lot of that. Of, lot thanks of that. For, thanks heard, for
0: getting my back. You know, <laughs> I, I I've heard some really good stories about how, uh, not to get completely off topic, because we got to move on. But I've heard some some great stories about how uh, you know some guys uh, you know fighting for the last spot in uh, in camp and OTAs, and the guys go out to a strip club, and you know the veteran just hands the the youngster a wad, you know, thousands yeah. of dollars. I here, <laughs> have fun, you know, because I know you're not making money. I am. Let's have a good night. So here you go, spend this money.
1: And that's a huge hockey thing, too. I mean, like you pay the guy, the guys that are protecting the stars, especially back in the day, the goons just fight. I mean, they don't get much, but they're protecting the assets. They're protecting the LeBrons and Gretzky's of the world. You think those guys take care of them? Of course they do. You know,
0: absolutely. All right. Why is scoring down in the NFL and what are our top defenses right now? Going into week seven. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by BetterHelp online therapy do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way you can't turn yourself off at night you can't turn off that brain racing thoughts keeping you awake and ruining not only that night but the next day too uh sometimes your brain is is getting in your own way like how you know what you should do what's good for you but you just can't seem to do it and get it done on the day to day and on the week to week therapy helps you figure those things out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself and sometimes it's just that weekly check-in to make sure you're hitting the checkpoints in your life can help turn off those thoughts and help you get things in line to achieve what you're trying to achieve in your specific journey in your life in your personal life in your professional life so if you're thinking about starting therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible suited to your schedule and all you do is you fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and You know, sometimes you don't jive with a therapist. That's okay. Switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Why I feel like the defenses are striking back so a few weeks ago, teams are putting up 70 because it's not even a year to year thing. And I know scoring has kind of been down recently, uh, with there's uptick in passing, uptick in scoring in the NFL, and then slightly come down the last couple of seasons in total. But even this year, uh, seemed like the start of the year, which happens a lot, kind of the offenses are, are not quite ready to go, and, and some funky games and some extended. Uh, preseason football games at the start of the year, Matt, and and some scoring down, then all of a sudden those offenses get rolling and you got teams putting up 70. You got teams putting up 40 every week. And this last week, especially in week six, all of a sudden it seemed like, man, the best defenses were the teams that were winning the football games in week six. And so defense is kind of striking back uh, in a long-term slow arc, but also in a mid-season arc right now from, uh, from week six now going into week seven.
1: Yes. And I have a hunch that when the season's over, there's a Super Bowl champ and we do all these analytical studies of the year. We might look back and be like, week six was kind of weird. You know, just happened to be a weird week. You know, there was some weather. I mean, just a weird week. I mean, that, that's certainly possible. Now, I could go on for an hour about why scoring's down and I'll be as quick as I can because you've heard a lot of these things you know, out of my mouth before. Number one, do you ever watch the X Files? Are you too you too young for the X Files?
0: Uh, I I remember X Files and have watched a couple episodes, but never got into it. I was at the age where I was doing
1: other things. No, I don't blame you. Okay, so the wife and I would partake in whatever and watch X Files when we were like in our twenties. So you know we had a good, but anyway, the Smoking Man and all these like people that ran the government, but nobody knows who they are. Like if you ask them deep down in the bowels of the NFL, they would say. The biggest problem we have right now is the D-line so much better than the O-line. You know, I mean, and we're doing everything we can to make it fair, but that's the root of all problems in Williamson's mind. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. That's a whole podcast in itself. The other thing I referenced Sando. Sando wrote an article right before the season started saying these 32 starting quarterbacks for opening day are the youngest in the Super Bowl era. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four plays in and he was the oldest guy. So it's even younger now. So there's no, the Wentz's and Winston's and Mariota's didn't pan out and luck retired and Wilson and cousins aren't taking over the mantle for rivers and Ben and Brady. And, you know, the, in the prime old guys don't exist right now. You know, the, the, the equivalent to being on this 14th hole and you're playing well and you're, you know, you're not quite what you used to be, but mentally you're great. Those guys that aren't great right now, they're very, very young, the, the quarterback position. So therefore they screw a lot of stuff up still and offenses have to be more simplistic and defenses now play a ton of too high coverage. And these young whippersnappers won't just dump it down like Brady and death by a thousand paper cut you. Instead, they try to drive the ball where they shouldn't. This is especially true in the red zone. Red zone scoring down this year is unusually low. Red zone is a nightmare right now. And I think that's the reason why, and making things worse with the quarterbacks, now people are starting to get hurt. You know, now we're getting into the Browns' third quarterback. We're getting into the backups, you know, you know. Tyler Badgent is a starter right now. Like, you think scoring's gonna go up with him coming in? Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, the, you know, the, the there's a couple of nice weeks there for the Bears, but they haven't been lighting up the scoreboard anyway. So an undrafted guy coming in, a quarterback who is the you know the third fourth string guy to open from camp. Shepherd, yeah, from Shepherd University. Uh not a powerhouse. There's a couple of guys from Shepard now bounce around. So, yeah. yeah, but and it's it's amazing too because you think about okay, two years ago. The oldest quarterback in the league, still playing well, 45 years old. You had uh, other guys that were approaching 40, uh, upper 30s. Rogers the only one left of that crew. He's not playing right now. Who's the old head in the league right now? Patrick Mahomes?
1: He's like 20 or he's he's not even 30 yet, is he? How old is Patrick Mahomes? Stafford's really the only one I can come up with. You know, Wilson would have been, but he fell off a cliff. Cousins is good, but he's not a the rivers matt ryan level in their prime or ben he's or you know
0: 35 yet
1: is he right right but like who's 30 to 35 like, i mean 30 that's 30? the there's a gap there
0: yeah exactly so uh then you go then you're like at david carr or Derek carr
1: and he's not good enough to put in that or conversation real, so. or, right Tannehill's really? not you know they're fine but you know they're who's the 29 to 35 year old that is still a really good player
0: and there's some really good coordinators on defense that are doing a really good job mm-hmm. of figuring out how to stop the league's best offenses. And we saw that in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. And I think I would put right now the Cleveland Browns number one. Who are your top five defenses in the league? They're number one right now. I think in DVOA and they're number one in points allowed, allowing only 77 points through six or five games. They they're one we're one game short. So points per game, I think the 49ers are actually still ahead of the Browns. Niners are one in
1: points allowed per game. Browns are two. So here's what I kind of jotted down like on the cocktail napkin kind of conversation is I think the Browns are one. Draw a little line under them. I think the Niners are two. Draw a big, thick line under them. And I don't know who three is. I mean, three defenses I thought would be really good New England, Philly, and to a lesser degree the Jets. I don't think can qualify and some of them are not their fault. They're always on the field, like, you know, new England and the jets and some injuries. I think the saints might be three, but the other ones in competition for me are Dallas, Detroit, give them kudos, Baltimore. Their numbers are better than the eye test to me though. Kansas city, Buffalo, but uh, I don't know who number three is.
0: I want to go to Tim's I, question because he has another team in here, and it's because he's a Seattle Seahawks fan, but he uh-huh. said, can you each speak, which is why we're we're doing this part, uh, can you speak to the top five defenses in the league right now at this moment? Thought uh, comes with Seattle finally having its defense healthy, being stout the last few weeks despite recent offensive letdown leading to Cincinnati loss. I uh, want to know who else is playing well in your minds. What about the Seahawks being in that conversation,
1: Matt? Um, I think they're sort of like the Lions in that I would say drastically improved really trending the right direction. Some offseason assets are paying off and some younger guys are have bright futures, but I would not consider Seattle in the top 5 conversation yet. I would but put improvement.
0: I would uh, this is my order. Browns okay. 1, 49ers 2, mm-hmm. Jets 3, okay. Cowboys 4, Saints 5.
1: I like it. I maybe was a little harder on the Jets than I should have been just now and if you really just factor in what they have to do and what they did this past week. I mean, there are some rough times from where the offense puts them, and that's not their fault. I'm cool with that. They're probably the top five.
0: And as you mentioned, you mentioned a whole bunch of teams. I mean, uh, the the Chiefs in six weeks have the third third lowest uh, points allowed in the entire NFL right now, and the second lowest for teams Uh, that have played six games.
1: And Baltimore's second in EPA defensively, even over Mm -hmm. San Fran. Just looking to pull that up right now. I haven't, they even played a great skip you know group of teams but baltimore's right. he's been much better than i thought
0: there you go there's the top five defenses in the nfl according to peacock and williamson as of week seven and of course uh we are going to make our picks for all the week seven games starting on thursday's pod and then friday coming back and doing it all again our six-pack tomorrow plus previewing thursday night jags and saints talk to you then right here peacock and williamson